if you're playing music that you just you would just do this music anyway it's going to come out in the music it's going to have passion it's going to it's going to have something that's unique and, and and cool energy behind it you've always just got to do the thing that you like because this this fucking game we're in is it's crazy there's no fucking rules you you may be the best band in the world and no one may ever hear you or you just may fucking land and fucking pow and but you gotta it's only gonna work if you're doing something that's really cool and genuine like from the heart because like you said people can smell the bullshit if you're welcome to vanzig studios music podcast mickey squeeze and carly quinn are here yeah and we are the guitar player and bass player for misfit saints and midnight mob you can check out new misfit saints on spotify and as well as a bunch of older midnight mob tracks so feel free to check those all that music out it's what we do uh but today's podcast we are we have a phone call we have a phone call conversation with Lee Caruso and Sid Riggs. Now, these dudes are co-founders of the music label 50Q, 50Q, um, that hasn't actually gone live yet out there. Uh, they're waiting for their big artist, actually, um, soon to be released next year, hopefully. Yeah, the big secret to blow wide open. Yeah, so once they're released from their former deal, they'll be going live with this person, and nobody can really talk about it. It's super top secret. Um, so I'm really excited. We know Lee from uh, the band Big Atlantic and uh, out of Pittsburgh. So we have a lot of history with, with Lee and everything, and uh, we're doing another catch-up phone call. We did one previously, but this one's with his partner, Sid, and they all, they're engineers, producers, and Sid's also a drummer. Uh, Sid's been involved with such acts as Alice Cooper, Saliva, Seether, John Five, and he's been in the Guns N' Roses camp as well. Um, super cool dude. First time meeting him. Uh, just really awesome conversation, to be honest, about everything from like your perspective of a young band, like how you should be really viewing the long game and not really the short game and making in music. So um, it was really interesting just to hear their perspective of all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think they're pretty open to conversation. So if you want to hit them up, you can hit Lee Caruso definitely up at his Instagram, Lee underscore Caruso underscore junior on Instagram. And you can find Sid at Sid.Riggs, R-I-G-G-S, on Instagram as well. And um, I think that's basically it. Uh, Carly and I are going to try to head out to Pittsburgh sometime next year, hopefully. Maybe do some recording. We want friends. and and Apparently, we have to travel out of state to have friends now. It's getting bad. <laughs> yeah, New York is uh, is a weird place at the moment. So uh, we got to get out, get out of here and just go talk to some people and just hang out like normal people stranger danger does not apply to us definitely not for all things vanzig studios vanzig studios.com vanzig studios on instagram vanzig studios on twitter uh you could find vanzig studios profile on spotify as well as well as carly quinn is on spotify as well that's quinn with two n's and again minute mob misfit saints on spotify if you want to get on the podcast and you want to have a conversation with us you can hit me up at airheads at vanzigstudios.com and we will well we might respond so we'll do our best i think carly give me a give me an 80s metal fun fact 80s metal fun fact in 1984 billy idol took a shit on nikki six's shoe and now they're the best of friends 
totally true. Enjoy the episode. You guys should come down to Pittsburgh sometime, man, for a couple of days or something. Come visit, come record. Yeah, we were t- we were talking about that, organizing something next year. Um, obviously, after the holidays and all that kind of stuff, uh, maybe putting some together where we could just escape for a little bit and come out to Pittsburgh specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time we were there, we played. Fuck, man. We played some club that I don't remember the name, but we weren't supposed to play. Like, they were closed, and they opened it up for us to play, so we played to the bartender who showed up because they opened it for us. Like, something got fucked up. We weren't supposed to play there. We were supposed to play another club that was closed. It was, like, some messy shit. But I remember that venue just because Spider, our rhythm guitar player, took a piss outside the building, and then he threw up on top of it. <laughs> That's the only reason I remember we were in Pittsburgh. I was there for a minute. It was weird. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that, that was show, be... show number one of that slew of shows we were doing. Of that tour, yeah. They sped us a bunch of cheeseburgers. Was that Gooskies? Was it Gooskies? Mm, I don't know. It's, I think yeah. it's with a horse. It was a little outside. <laughs> like it was Pittsburgh, but on a little bit of outside. Okay. Okay. Uh, that it could was like be kind anywhere. of by the highway. That could be anywhere. <laughs> it's a bunch of cheeseburgers. I do remember that. It's kind of by the bridge, you know, like one of the five thousand bridges around Pittsburgh. Yeah, totally. It's kind of- yeah. Just say, just say it's by a bridge, and you'll be anywhere in Pittsburgh. <laughs> the, the guy running it, though, he was from a band. Man, I want to say it was like Aliens and Ghosts or something like that. Um. I can't from remember. Pittsburgh, yeah, that was his okay. band, his touring band. Um, I think he—I don't know if he owned the bar or he was just running the show that night, helping out. It was aliens and something, and they were just like like a rock and roll kind of fuzzed out, little bit of a Sabbath throwback sort of sound. <laughs> uh, he was a—he re- was a really cool dude. Um, you know, again, hooked us up. I remember when we, we played, like, the way it is set up is, like, so the bar is on one side of the venue, and then the other side is, like, it's, like, cut in half, where you play in, like, a kind of, like, a like a hallway-ish. <laughs> Sounds like, like a Pittsburgh venue. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's like, it's just how they separate the bar from, like, if you want to see the show, you can step into the side of the thing, and you could, so it's not as noisy or something like that. Um, and it was all right. I mean, it was a good time, but it wasn't anything. It was a good warm-up show, let's put it that way, because I, yeah. I found out my, my cabinet got fucked up, and then I knew I had cabinet problems for the next couple of shows, so um, at least I found out there. Oh, man. When was this? Was this, like, before oh. we met? Um, this was 2000. Man. When we went, it would, was that Beats? Yeah, it had to be. So 14, 15? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Was a yeah. Before, right? That's a while back. It was Beats. Yeah, it'd be 2014, probably. Because we met at Dewey, I think. I think that was 2016. Oh, that, yeah, at that Dewey. Yeah. The, the first Dewey we went to was 2000. 12? Yeah, the first, the first Dewey we had Catastrophe. Yeah. On drums. So that'd be 12. Wow. Yeah. We, we, had, we had him on drums for two Deweys, right? 
Well, the time I was there, Chris totally missed a stool and, and <laughs> it's oh. funny. I have that on film, by the way. It was, oh, you it was do? Fantastic. Yeah. He's I think I even posted it. Fucking drums like a thousand times, I could. Yeah. We did the show when we opened up. The One of the funniest ones was we opened up for Jane's Addiction in Times Square. And the, 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 the drum riser was so wobbly that like his stands were falling off in the middle of the set. Like they're just falling <laughs> off the stand. Yeah, like the 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 whole drum riser would like shake a little bit, and the stand would just like dance off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kept playing, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. What, what are you gonna, gonna do? do? And that same set, Sal tried to get up on the drum riser, but he, fell. he was so far gone in his fucking uh, athleticism. And his pants were too tight <laughs> that he fucking just face planted basically into the drum set. <laughs> and this is in front of like, you know, like Getty images, like photography, Duff McKagan standing next to the drum kit. Yeah, <laughs> Duff McKagan's watching all this shit. <laughs> it's like, everyone's like, what the fuck is going on here? We have this giant screen behind us, you know, that's projecting then, like logo and stuff. And then Chris fell behind the drums at the very end of it all. Because there was, there was one part of this one song where you always like to stand up and play the drums standing, like right. feet on the chair standing. Yeah, he always does down. that. Yeah, to that one song. And he came down and he like fell. Like he took out a cymbal stand and he hit the floor basically. Dude, and he did that. Like, dude, that's what happened to Dewey to bottle and cork. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like film and slip one. And we were like, yep, we're Midnight Mob. Look at us. <laughs> what we got. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, if you do, if you guys do think about it, let me know. Yeah, you should come down and visit Sid and I. Come in and record some shit. Yeah, we were thinking of, like, we were just talking about earlier how we wanted to maybe just pack up some, like, acoustics and stuff like that and um, just, you know, drive out and maybe bump into some other people along the way that we know we haven't seen in a while and do some acoustic shows uh, and just kind of jam with whoever is around, you know, kind of fuck around, hang out. Yeah. Cause we got, uh, yeah, we got plenty of guitars and stuff too. So guys were, Sid does at least his place. <laughs> it's got a whole row of them, but uh, yeah, we got gear and whatever. We'll just make a bunch of racket and see what happens. Now is the fifty Q stuff when does that go live for you guys? We have an artist um that, that that's gonna be our first release. We can't really kind of talk about it right now though. Because okay. that artist is in is just getting out of another deal with another label. So as soon as that artist is out of that deal, then we can take we can um we can put out our first record and then the record's already done. It's already in the can. It's ready to go. So it could go, we could be, we could be, you know, hitting you know, within the next six months to, you know, 12 months for sure. You, however long it takes him to get out of this, he's got like one more deliverable that he has to put off to the, to the previous label. Then he's out. And then, you know, and then he's got his record ready to roll. Okay. And then until then you're, uh, there's no like social media, there's no website that's public or anything like that. Well, we have a, we have a website and we have, we have the socials, you know, we have them, but we're not really engaging in them. It, it seems like we would rather just come out 
with the announcement of our first artist, which is a significant artist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like this is our first artist, you know, switching labels, coming to us and like and just make the 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 first things we do about this about this artist that we'll be releasing. Right. Yeah, and, and, As opposed and, to just saying, hey, you know, we started a label and look, here's a, here's our logo and no one gives a fuck then, you know, so. Right. You know, we'll, it's true. You come out the gate with like a big baboom. Yeah, totally. Come out of the gate with press releases about our artist and, you know, and it's, it's a, you know, an artist that people will give a fuck about. And so that's cool for us. It's real, really excited about that. And um, so we're just kind of holding off until we can make that announcement. And that'll be where we start pushing on socials then. Right. Uh, there's there's cool. a lot like we're still we're still busy though like behind the the scenes too. So it's it's not like uh, not to sound funny, but it's not like we need to like blast out our social media like we're advertising or something. I mean, there's stuff happening. It's just uh, definitely anxious to like put things out there and get things like you know more public about us and what we're doing. But uh, but you know it's just got to be the right time, you know and um. Like Sid said, it's it'll be you know kind of better to do that at a more appropriate time when can actually expose what we're doing with what artist, <laughs> yeah, sure. as opposed to coming out and just you know not having anything and and uh, we thought about merchandise and stuff. It'd be cool to have like some T-shirts or something and like so so we're definitely like planning a lot of things and it's a lot of things in the works, but. Um, just takes time. I don't got to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, everything takes time. Now, does this artist a solo artist, or are they coming out of a band to be a solo artist? Uh, our artist is in a band and and wants to start releasing solo material. So our artist wants to, you know, wants people to start to view him as somebody who's not, you know, just a member of this other band. Like, you know, hey, I do my own thing, too. You know, please start, you know, you know start considering me as this other artist as well. And um, so he's not he's not leaving his other band, but he's doing this uh, in addition. He's starting to release solo material on his own. He's already got one record out um, on his own through this previous label. And um, and now he's just got to deliver one more thing, probably just a single to get out of the other deal. And then uh, and then we're ready to roll. Right. And then. uh it's also, uh, I mean, I, I think that, what, what did you just ask, Squeeze, before you said that? <laughs> I'm having a total dumb over here. Uh, oh, just, I was just you reminded me of something. No, I was just curious to see where that person came from. But now uh, I, know okay, a, okay. I, I know it's a male. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> little, little by little, squeeze out clues. We're not Jokes to... on you, they're lying. It's actually Taylor Swift and the Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah we're not trying to be cagey but our artists are just like you know like when you're talking about it just keep it on the dl because he doesn't sure. want to have anything fuck up his exit from the other label nah, so we, yeah so he's just like yeah. he's asking us you know just you know you talk about it but just don't be specific right now was that a, right. was that a hint too you said cagey like rat in a cage like it's billy corgan <laughs> <laughs> no 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 but even if it was i would say i would just, just still say no <laughs> but even if it was no <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean we landed a a uh we're working on things like distribution and stuff which we just we've had some success with that recently and um so we're, we just got like a a distribution deal that we're we're dealing with red eye so like things good there 
And uh, it's just other things too, just looking into, you know, charting and publishing deals and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of work to like setting everything up. So it kind of works out that it's going to be a little bit of time yet because Sid and I, right out of the gate, decided that we wanted to start a label just because of all the recording and the things that we wanted to do. We were writing songs and working with bands and staying busy. And, um, and you know, this artist landed on our lap and, you know, we were like, oh shit like you know we need some like rocket fuel here <laughs> we need to start doing some stuff so um so a lot of cool stuff's happening very quickly and it's coming along but uh you know it's just uh we didn't expect things to go this quickly but it's working out so yeah it's quality problem for sure <laughs> right now so, as far as um distribution what exactly are you talking about? Because, like, you know, if you think back in the day, distribution was, you know, how many record stores can get the CD in. But now, with streaming being the giant in the world, are you talking about, like, vinyl in stores or something like that? Or Yeah, so through, through Red Eye, we can distribute, you know, clearly, you know, clearly everybody can put some shit up onto the Internet. But, yeah, we can do physicals. You know, they have international physical distribution, so we can put physicals in stores and, um, and CDs, tapes, vinyl you know, in addition to, you know, to streaming platforms as well. And the end caps too, like we can do like, like, uh, end cap advertisements, stuff like that. We can do, uh, we, we have with a distribution deal too. kind of the differences between doing it yourself and having a distribution deal is having the advantage too to work directly with like curators through the distributor on the streaming platforms and on, uh, so instead of just being know, some guy who put this shit up, and hoping a playlist picks it up, you can talk to the playlist curator directly and kind of influence them a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, through yeah. the you know the label has those connections where we don't. Right. So that's great. And they also you know they they got, they also can help with placements. You know, like in the film and television and stuff like that. Right. That's, that's another thing that you know another service they can provide. Plus, they can provide additional marketing. You know, assets and you know managing release campaigns and stuff like that. So that's real helpful for us as well. Right. Because Sid and I had to like, I mean, obviously there's a lot of different options when it comes to, because today, uh, you know, you can start a label and put yeah, a anybody. website up. Yeah, yeah, anybody can be a label. <laughs> right. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, yeah, sure. So and that's you, kind of the thing that we were thinking, like, you know, hey, anybody, like, what value as a label can we bring to any artist that comes our way? Like, why, why would anybody, why would anybody sign you know, come to our label when they can just basically do everything themselves anyway. What value can we offer that's above and beyond what anybody can just do on their own? So, you know, we we wanted to be able to figure out what it is that we can offer, you know, and that that yeah, you know, just people just can't do anyway. And so, you know, we have recording studios, we can record, you know, because a lot of times when when you deal with bands and indie labels, they, they get no money to record. So, you know, maybe the band scrapes up a thousand bucks between them and then they go, they, they go in the studio and make a record on a weekend. And, you know, to me, that's a demo. They made a demo, they're going to release it, call it a record. But we have recording, you know, we have full on recording studios, we can make records for bands, which is one of the things in the old school label deal, you would expect your label to give you a budget to go make a legit record. So we actually have the studios where we can bring the bands in and we can produce it or they, if they want to have somebody else produce it, that's fine too. But we've got the physical studio so they can come in and they can they can camp out for 30, 45 days, however long it takes to make an actual real record. 
And right out of the gate, I thought that that was a, a you know something that most bands don't have the opportunity to do, especially when you know when they're dealing with labels that you know maybe you'll give them a five hundred or a thousand dollars to you know toward some slight small expense for recording. So that was a one main thing. Plus, we just wanted to be able to say, like, if we're a label, you know, you can upload to, you know, you can use TuneCore or CD Baby or anything. You can get your stuff on the Internet. How can we how can we juice that? How can we make that 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 release actually hit and land and, and be something that matters? And so, that, you know, that's why it was important to get some legitimate distribution versus, you know, just, you know, throwing stuff up on a, you know, someplace that everyone else can do. Right, because right. it gets lost. Any anyone else can throw their shit wherever, but it's going to get lost in the whole pile of shit. So absolutely, you're, yeah. you're creating like a pathway to be seen, basically. Yeah, right, and, and also to record too. You know, I, you know, I think that's such a big deal. Well, I've been in bands, you know, with I was in a bunch of bands in L.A. with deals, and and you know, so I, in my mind, like what I understand, what a de- what a label does. Like, I understand the old school deal, you know, like you expect them to do stuff for you, not just, you know, put your name on a website and then do like an Instagram post when your single comes out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right, like, right. Like, I expect my label to do something. So if, if like, I put myself in, in any artist's shoes and I, you know, I, like I come from an artist's background. So like... I have to be able to offer somebody something that is of value to their career. Or I like, I don't want somebody running around talking smack about me. Like, sure. That guy, they called themselves a label. They didn't do anything. Cause I would ask a lot of bands, like, what does your label do for you? You know, like you're on an indie label. What do they do for you? And I would hear so much, not much. And like, like, I don't want anybody talking about me like that because I care. Like I, I wouldn't want to bring anybody on board unless I can actually do something for them. Right. And it's worth saying too, like like uh, Sid and I record outside. Like you don't have to have a deal to, to record with us or anything, you know. Either that's the other thing that we kind of because because we're, we're producers, engineers too. So like we we just like working with musicians because we we are musicians. So you know we like to uh, we like to write music with people too and stuff. So and that's another kind of angle that we're we're working is is down the publishing route is having publishing opportunities it's like we we've been co-writing ourselves like just writing stuff ourselves together and we write with you know we're going to collaborate with more people and that's something we want to do so that we can maybe build like a catalog or something and and that opens up opportunity for other people that are involved with like collaborating together with us and stuff too yeah you get you get a bunch of hands in there and make cool shit yeah right like we we don't it's like you just collaborate together you split the song and it's just like you know everybody kind of wins and it, and it's you know if it moves somewhere then that that's cool everybody wins and really this is like a thing where it's it's what sid and i think that that music should be about that's kind of been like covered up by all the technology in the past like developing the past 15 years because a lot of bands today uh and squeeze we talked about this but a lot of them really want to just be stars you know they're not like focusing on the music as much um there are ones out there that are doing real stuff really focused on the music love music and but there's a lot of people just really want to get they want to be rock stars they want to get big and and that's like the first thing and then the music's like kind of second and but we love playing music we love writing music and uh there's so many bands that I, we feel like you know if you would just uh focus more on writing tunes 
because they're really worried about what people will like or what they need to sound like for what radio to play. It's like, who cares about all that? Write something you like. Yeah. Like cool. no, there, there's too many bands or artists or whatever now. They don't write for themselves. And it shows because when you write something that you believe in, other people get on board. With it. If you right. write something to yeah. appease people, you're going to lose half your audience because they see through the bullshit. Right. Man, I agree 100% with that. Like, and a lot of times, you know, like when, when you, like, I don't know how many times you guys have probably heard the same thing. And like, you know, you meet a young band and, you know, and you say, you know, you kind of like try to get a gauge of what they're about, you know, and, and they'll say, you know, we're kind of like this and kind of like that. And then they just, they're just basically mentioning some bands that are popular right then, right, in, you know, right in the moment. And, and you just think to yourself, like, you guys are missing the mark. If you were to, you know, luckily get a record deal, even tomorrow, you know, you've and maybe you don't even have your songs together. You got to write some songs. You're going to record, and then you're going to get put in some queue from a label release. Your record's not even going to come out for a year, maybe a year and a half from this day. And like, if somebody says, "Hey, we want to sign you," and by that time, those things that you're chasing that are like right now, hip and cool right now, oh, they're, they're out of season at that point. Yeah, not only are they out of season, yes, they're a year or a year and a half out of date, maybe even two by the time your record comes out. But that other band that you, that you're chasing, they already do the thing that you like better than you'll ever do it anyway. Yeah. Like, like if you're going to, you know, like we're going to try to be like Queens of the stone age. Well, Queens of the stone age does Queens of the stone age better than you'll ever do Queens of the stone age. Do yeah. you, do your own if you, <laughs> yeah. you want to do Queens of the stone age, cause you love that sound and that's your thing, then do it. But if you're chasing a fad, and you want to be that fad, that fad is disposable. And by chasing that, you are disposable. Yeah, totally. Like, do something that matters that you fucking like, you know? And right. that's, like, like you said, that's where it's going to come across. If you're playing music that you just, you would just do this music anyway, it's going to come out in the music. It's going to have passion. It's going to, it's going to have something that's unique and, and, and cool energy behind it. You've always just got to do the thing that you like. Because this this fucking game we're in is it's crazy. There's no fucking rules. You you may be the best band in the world, and no one may ever hear you, or you just may fucking land and fucking pow. And but you got to. It's only going to work if you're doing something that's really cool and genuine, like from the heart. Because like you said, people can smell the bullshit if you're just chasing something. Kids have a fucking and all music fans they have a fucking bullshit meter. You just hear it, and you're like, yeah, I'm not buying it. I just, just don't fucking care. Yeah, well, kids. Kids are the worst because they'll be direct about. It. They'll be like, "I don't like you," because I don't <laughs> fucking like you. And you're like, "Well, can I have feedback on the music?" And they're like, "No, go fuck yourself." Yeah. You're like, okay. Yeah, I, I tell a lot of people, "It's like, hey, listen, the chance of you becoming a giant rock star, you know, that version of yourself that you see, is slim to none, man. So, write music that you." genuinely love that you love to play that you love to do and it really matters if you love it you know rather than what you think other people might think of it and i agree you just, and you keep yep. pushing you keep pushing you keep pushing because again coming back to like your live performance and you throwing it out you you will put all your heart and soul blood sweat and tears in the song you love that you feel passionate about you're not going to put that live performance into a song that you're just trying to be like the next fucking you know 21 pilots or whatever fucking band is like a thing it, it, you could see through that shit so fast and the, the show just comes off as so fucking lifeless you know when you right. see bands mm -hmm. trying to do something else that they probably don't even want to do 
or some do and some don't, you know, they're not on the same page. That's a whole nother thing, you know, but, um, yeah, it's just like, go, go for it, go for the throat. You know, you got to go out and blaze a glory. Well, that's but, your best chance anyways, man. Yeah. I mean, you don't have a chance if you're doing anything else, but that, I mean, you have to, the whole point of being an artist, which is really what drives your like musicianship side of your brain, right? If you're creating things and you're in a band, it's like the whole point of you being an artist is to be you because you're one of a kind. <laughs> so it it kind of it's kind of weird to me actually that that you would you would try to do somebody else's thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I don't I, I kind of don't get that. My my the, the dots in my head don't connect on that because I always felt like well. I might be poor, but I'm going to be poor doing what I love. Mm -hmm. We could become a big rock star someday, but then I'll still be doing what I love. Or even if you hit it big for like four years doing somebody else's thing that no one will care about in 10 years, you're going to be fucking miserable because <laughs> you're not going to yeah. like what you do anyway. So like, I mean, it's kind of, uh, I don't see a win in any of that, you know? So, um, but yeah, it, there's there's plenty of people. Maybe, maybe it's why the big question is is why, right? That's the multi million dollar question: is why the mindset is so driven towards that kind of narrative these days. Is it social media, or is it like you seeing what everybody it's, else is doing and trying to beat someone? You know, that so. I mean, social media plays a huge part of it, but people nowadays are a little more, I think, self absorbed. And mm -hmm. they're all the main character and everyone around them is a side character in their movie. Right. So they, they play the part that, you know, it's, if you're an artist that's playing music that you don't believe in, you're not an artist anymore. You're an actor. Right. You're, you're not genuine in any way. And that's the way you want it. And that's fine. No one's going to tell you, Hey, don't play music you hate. Cause you're going to be famous. And you're going to be miserable. Like do whatever the fuck you want, but you know, you might as well do something that you actually enjoy and get something out of then play a part for for what right i mean the whole reason why i became a musician in a band a musician period was really because i always just wanted to write stuff that i liked you know it's like writing songs was always my my driving my motivation for all of it right so like you know i and i'm sure this has happened to you but you'll hear songs you really like and like but you're going to go make it. You're like, man, I, if I would have wrote that song, I would have did yeah. it like this. Cause I want to hear it that way. You know, like, so you might be influenced by a certain song or certain bands or certain musicians, but like, you're going to write a song your way that the way you want to hear it. Right. So yeah. Even if you cover so awesome. a song, <laughs> if you cover a song that's very meaningful to you, it's not going to have the same like a uh, weight as the original artist, because it means something to you that's different and you're going to portray right. differently. Assuming you're not just doing the cookie cutter, like copy and paste. I covered this song thing. You're yeah. Making it your own thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you do it your way to me. That's, that's like, again, like it's just, that's always been like a driving force. So I, I just can't like get up on a stage and I would have no, uh, motivation to be like a performer or musician if i couldn't like do something that was creatively from my soul if that makes sense um yeah that's yes. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it just seems kind of like, well, I might as well just go flip burgers. I mean, like, the hell's the difference? Just... You could join the circus at that point. Like, yeah. It's so silly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's definitely kind of weird because I, I don't, maybe we're getting old. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, top but... 40 is always top 40, right? And they just show it at the, at the uppermost, highest level of, this artist is big. Okay, let's find and create the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one and just go label to label to label to label and they'll have their version of the same, you know, artist mm -hmm. or whatever, right? So it's very easy to create this. Like, I mean, go back to the hair metal time. All of a sudden, all these bands were just fucking dressing up like chicks and doing their thing and everyone was going to sign left and right. And everyone was, and then you had the, you went from like the A rate versions to the Z rate versions, you know, yeah. that went all the way from like, you know, the mid eighties to the early nineties. That was like a long time span of just copying, 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 copying. And I guess you're doing it cause it's top 40. It's number one on MTV and, and that's kind of what it is, but you know, and then you had all these other bands that were kind of just, doing their own thing on the side that was equally cool but you know not big you know i guess that's where the grunge scene kind of like derived from really you know they were like they were they were doing it during the 80s um but they were just doing their own thing what they were like really like into and right uh, i guess it just showed through uniquely at some point where it was like oh man this is like real <laughs> this is right. like the re i could connect to this shit this is real <laughs> shit um but then the grunge scene blew up and it became the same copy and paste. Yep. Totally. Until, yeah, then you, until yeah. a new sound comes along. It's exactly. like they, they completely exhausted and sucked the life out of it until yep. something newer comes along. Top, top 40 every time comes around. It just keeps doing the same cycle <clears throat> over and over and over again. Yeah. And, any, and what I always find interesting is every time that that cycle kind of blows up, like, you know, you get hair metal, you know, grunge blows up hair metal. And then, you know, kind of new metal kind of takes out grunge and then kind of indie like strokes and vines and hives and white mm -hmm. stripes takes out new metal. <clears throat> and you just kind of think like, you know, like everybody kind of has has the same feeling at the same time. Like this thing that's occurring is played out. But what is that next thing that's going to that's going to come out that's, you know, that's just going to click with everybody? And everyone's just kind of got their eye out for it. And then when you see it, you're like, oh, of course that was it. Fuck. <laughs> well, because it's exciting. You're like, who's the band that's going to knock mm -hmm. out these assholes? Right. And then they come along and you're like, this is fucking sick. And then they get cloned out the ass. And then yeah, before totally. you know it, like the next thing comes out, you're like, this guy's great because he just fucking got rid of that shit. And it's yeah. a cycle. It's forever. Yeah, and I always, I always think that like that cycle is born in like the garages of kids. Like, like everybody has access to the same information and the same music and all, all the same. You know, the internet makes everything is the grand leveler. So everybody gets bored. Basically, like the world or you know a country or you know a whole region gets bored of the same thing. Basically, at the same time, everyone's just like, yeah, this thing is tired. And then you have like sixteen-year-old kids in their garages you know, just learning how to play. And they're just like, yeah, that thing that's big and popular now, that fucking sucks. I don't want to do anything like that. And then you just get kids like all over the fucking world or all over the country, just like in their fucking basement labs or garage labs, just learning how to play, doing something brand new. And at some point, one of them just fucking gets it right, you know, or, or they get good enough 
to you know like kind of like foster a scene around them and then just pow just fucking ha- it's like a zeitgeist that's just occurring and it's always just brewing under the you know with the young kids that are just learning how to play and and it's i think it's super exciting sure and yeah. now you get to see it in social media be, and spotify and streaming ways like that like these smaller bands now are on the same level the same ways to get out their music you know like metallica puts out a new song you could put out a new song on spotify as well and right there's a lot more stuff out there like i just like being able to just go in and seeing what leads me to what oh you like this now how try this and that's related to this and that's related to that and, <laughs> and your friend tells me about your band and i we talked to someone from switzerland earlier this morning and he was telling me about their whole like punk rock scene over there and what he was doing and all the bands he's worked with throughout europe and things like that and um you know we discovered each other through the internet basically uh and because of that I've, i'm open up to so many other bands that I even knew existed and they're not getting any radio airplay whatsoever anywhere but just through the internet communications it's like everyone could share music so much faster um, yeah i think that's really fun that rabbit hole that you're just talking about like you know somebody says check this out so you check it out and then that kind of like you know if you like that you might like this kind of you know algorithm so you know you'll see something well what's that and then you check that out and you're like that's pretty fucking cool too and then next thing you know you're hours later you just like learned about 10 or 15 bands maybe three of them you're like those guys that band is fucking crushing they're fucking good and you know and, and 10 that are yeah, they're pretty cool but you know but there's like on any given day you can learn like fucking five or six really cool bands that you would have never heard of before just fucking just just be like when we were younger we'd go to the record store i know i would i would just i would go to the store and just like start at the a's <laughs> like you know be like you know abba acdc aerosmith and i would just go through every single record in the whole store to like is there a new one that i haven't seen yet but now the internet is that and you just had a click of a button you can and you can hear it because then you, you would have to buy the record in the old days now you can just hear anything any just rabbit hole you want to go down it's, it's i think it's super cool no, for sure. I used to go to Tower Records or like a UCD spot and just put on like the headphones because you could listen to some of the stuff and um, just kind of cruise around and see what's new in the punk section, the rock section, the metal section. And and sometimes they would have like a local section, depending on like what they were doing. And that was, yeah, that was the old way of doing it. And till the MP3 was brought to our attention right the ipods <laughs> and then it was napster and livewire and all that kind of shit and i found a lot of music through that that i bought through ebay because the record stores weren't carrying european bands for the most part and if they did carry imports they're few and far between and they were like a billion dollars so I, was, I could it's either like all right i could buy like one really cool double disc import or like five other cds that aren't you know that are like ozzy osborne or motorhead albums or something like that right but uh but then you order shit in the mail and you take a while and you hope you get it and stuff like that and now it's like so instant <laughs> and the quality is great um and everyone's buying vinyl. Right. <laughs> There's like such a huge weight on it too. 
it's pretty wild yeah it's the wild west and it's, it's interesting doing like what you guys are doing with the label and everything and you really do have to think about well what are you bringing the artists like because you know anyone can put their stuff on spotify or whatever you just said but you know you need to give more uh you know you're creating this all-in-one shop you know come record here we also have connections because connections for an artist is everything totally you, know, you don't you don't get on those big shows you don't get in those talking circles for um, you know to get on the a TV show or something like that without talking to people. Um, right. Man, yeah, I don't know how many young bands I've talked to that about. You know, I've talked to about that. Like, like this industry that we're in, it's all about relationships. You know, it's all about connections and relationships and it's not a bad thing. Connections. It's just how the industry works. Like, you know, if you're a band, if you're a headliner and, you know, and there's some bands that come your way, you know, you're going to take out, there might be five bands that you have a chance to take out. You're going to take out the band that you want to hang out with on tour that aren't jerks. You know, like totally. you're, you're, and you know, and if you're, you know, if you're a producer or, or just other band members, you're going to want to play with people who are cool. You're not, everything is relationships. Totally. Oh, for sure. And, and most musicians too, they, they don't like, uh, I mean, you have to find time to build the relationships, but at some point, you know, you, you really need to focus more on your music. You should always be focusing on your music and, and kind of delegate that maybe to people that can like handle your relationships for you. But that's implying that you've already kind of learned how to manage your own band a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, like, cause you know why you, where you need the help and what needs done that you just can't keep up with anymore. And of course that comes from a lot of grinding and hard work already. So it's, it's not easy, like just being in a band, you know, period. Um, and, and being successful as a musician, I mean, you have to, you have to work really hard and it's, and there's not a whole lot of return most of the time, you know? So I get why people get frustrated with it or, you know, give up on it or get tired out or, but, um, but, you know, really it's, if you love it, you know, it's about just sticking with it and hanging in there. Sometimes you're doing everything right so there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, some people come to me, they're like, I just can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. I just can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. I was like, I, don't, I really don't think you're doing anything wrong. I think you're doing everything right. It's just, you just have to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it, I know it's just tiring, but like, you just, that's, that's the life you chose. And then you just got to keep doing it until you literally are just so busy and things are, you know, cause it's a roller coaster. You know that it's like, things feel like they're not happening for a while and then everything happens at once and you're busy as hell and you feel like you're getting somewhere with it and then oh it's, it's yeah you can you have know. months go by where you're not doing anything you're just working on songs and then all of a sudden you have a festival and like mm -hmm. a tour and like all this shit happen in like a month time span and it's it's almost overwhelming because you went from all the time in the world to no time in the world right and then that's when you're like, oh, shit, we should have, whatever that is, like fill in the blank. Like, oh, we we should have yeah, like, it's like, oh, we should, or, we should have used that free time to organize our shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, but that's normal. Like, that's that's what I, you know, it, it really is normal. It's just you just have to yeah, try your best. You got to learn from it. And like Sid and I talking about like, um, I know we like big atlantic we used to film all of our shows and his old band used to film all their shit like you watch that shit you do anything to get better like you gotta always try to get better and do things better get more efficient but eventually if you're doing things well 
you're making good songs, which is really the key there, things start to happen for you. And at some point from you doing all that work, you kind of know what it is a manager can do for you or somebody that will partner with you to participate in making like some deals for you or getting you placed, whatever that is, whatever the help is, you know, like I think it's important that if the musician or the band or the artist, if they don't know what it is somebody can do for them, they're not ready for management because it's a very common thing where people go looking for managers for bands like, you know, well, we need a manager. And it's like, what are you talking about? They get swindled. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you don't need a manager to manage what? Well, uh, and they don't have an answer. And it's like, well, what is it? Do you think a professional manager would do for you? Especially if he's, you know, he's got to get paid and stuff. Anybody with, you know, that can help you in in regards to your band is is probably going to need paid. That that implies that you already got to kind of be making money or have some sales or it's like, are you expecting to get a great manager that's going to help you out and just for nothing? I mean, like (laughs) your band has to be worth something. You have to make yourself value. Yeah. It's like kind of going back to what you're saying, like you put in all the work, you work on the music, you work on, you know, managing your band or whatever, you know how much value is in your band. Totally. Like, you know what your worth is and you shouldn't settle for less than that in a manager. If they're not going to provide what your value is, then they're not worth your time. Yeah. Like, you know what you're worth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that uh, it's at some point you everybody decides like whoever's staying in the band and whoever, whoever's staying on the bus or getting off the bus is very important. But if you have the right people on the bus and everybody's in it to win it or whatever, at some point you have to start to focus on like, okay, like what do we got to do to compete on the next level? You're always trying to get to the next level. If you're going to be a touring band and you go out with a touring band, you like squeeze and I talked about this and then the touring band you're with is just kicking your ass you know, you're like, oh, shit, we got to write better songs or oh, we got to put on better performances or we need a bigger merch, whatever it is. Like, you just have to be always trying to step up your game, you know, and it's hard work. And it's like, that's just the way it is. It's not for pussies. It's it's just really, it's really hard, grindy work. And you just have and to put in the work, you know. You need and, that fire under your ass all the time. And if yeah. it's not there, something there's something there's <laughs> I mean, Sid talks about like like in the eighties in L.A., right? Like, Sid, you said you guys would like hand out flyers like on the corners, right? Well, that's that's that's, like, yeah, that's what you did. You you know you went to the Sunset Strip and handed out flyers, you know, and you you'd make ten thousand flyers and you'd hand them out, you know, and and there'd be thousands of people. It was crazy. There'd be thousands of people on the you know on the street. And it's like some crazy spring break image, but it all like rocked people. Yeah, and you just had to hustle. You had to get people to come to your show. Like, why are they going to go to your show at the Troubadour instead of going to see that other band at the Whiskey on the same night? Um, you just have to fucking just push, 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 push. And if you didn't, if you, if you didn't like do well, then you got booted. Like someone else took your spot. Yeah. Right? So it's like, it's like you you were like Sid said. He's like you're playing for your lunch, right? It's like. <laughs> You're constantly trying to, to you, you, there's a, some healthy competition going on there. You know, bands stuck together, but also it's it's a healthy thing. You're trying you're trying to blow the headliner off the stage, or you're trying to, 
you have to be trying really hard is my you point. Ha- you have to have a competitive nature. Yeah, of course. It, to some extent. Yeah, you got to have some sort of sass or, or attitude to your to your performance and to your, you know, your image and your your work ethic too. And and again, your personality. You gotta you gotta be someone that people want to be around and people want to go see. If you're kind of like a Debbie Downer or a piece of shit, like why should I go see? Like why should I go to your show? Right, right. Yeah, unless that's your thing, you know, like like oh, I love that really mellow, sad artist. You know, if that's your thing, but then you know, like that's their attitude. Like maybe a rock band's got like a ballsy attitude, but then like some other artist has got some kind of really introspective kind of melancholy attitude. But that's their thing, and they're all about it. Like you just got to be all about the thing that you are. You just own yeah. it, you know. You just have to just own be authentic. It. If you're Moody Judy Bloom, you fucking do it. Yeah, right. just be be that. And don't yeah, just be that person. Be the thing, you know. Be the artist that that you are. Yeah, yeah we had a question recently from um, an artist, like an up and coming artist, and she was saying, like, how did you guys get people? down to shows because she was struggling to get people to shows like 10 people but you could have like a hundred thousand streams on her spotify right and well we're like she said did you do through ads i'm like ads what the fuck are you talking about ads like how about just going out to clubs and talking to people yeah that's how we did it we're at bars like seven nights a week almost like and playing a lot out of state um and coming back and and just going to other people's shows and mingling with everyone staying at like rehearsal studios talking to people there talking to people everywhere and before you know it you're pulling in like 200 people to the webster hall or something like that right they're kind of they're like buddies of yours you're like drinking buddies you know everyone's like friends and right yeah that goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago we're like this thing we do is all about relationships like you're out there making relationships with your fans like on the street face to face at first you know and then and then you're making your friends with other bands and now those bands and come support you and you go support them and you're drinking buddies and maybe maybe you guys are going to collaborate on a side band or something and then you know and then you're becoming you're in a good relationship with the promoters of the clubs that you you know, that you're you're not a jerk you know the promoters or even like the sound guys at the clubs you're just a cool person who's operating you know in this space you just i mean i, I would tell these artists you, you you've got you you've got to be in the mix like that's what i always say like mm-hmm. like how do we you know how do we you know do a thing like how do we get a fan base well like are you going out and playing shows are you trying to get people to come to your shows you have to be in the mix you know, like the mix isn't coming to you. It's not coming to your bedroom. You got to go out there and just be in it. You have to start in a mailroom, man, is the other thing is like, which is exactly what that is. Like, even if you're playing a club to a bartender, like you said earlier, it's like, if you're doing things and you're active and you're trying, right. People respect that, especially other musicians that are maybe a little bit ahead of you, but they see that you're a good band and they see that you're trying. So, they're like, and they like you because you're cool, you know, and you're out there networking with them. That's how you meet them. I mean, that one conference, I, I think it might have been launch or whatever. I think you guys came out with Lou or something. You weren't even playing, I don't think, were you? Were you playing that day? We played, well, um, which launch one? The one we played yeah, indoors or outdoors? <laughs> I, I think you did play outdoors, but regardless, I think that 
the point is, is like, I mean, I would go to conferences. I tell bands all the time. I'm like, don't just not go to a conference. It, you know, if you want to meet some bands, it's a perfect place to meet bands. If you're trying to get yourself off the ground, you know, go, just go. Just go and hang out. Like, you know. It's talk- true. Yeah. You, you don't even have to play if you're worried about, like, your music's not up to par yet. Just go hang out yeah. with these people. Yeah. Meet them. Uh, trade shows. Like, like you have to get out there. Like, like for instance, I would never wakes from here in, in, in Pittsburgh. Right. Mm-hmm. And you guys play with them. Sure. And yeah. I would never know those guys. And uh, I, I, I touched base with a great friend of mine, which also is how Sid and I got reconnected. That whole chain is a domino effect, but Jerry Mulligan, because he was playing that show with never wake, but Blackie calls me and she's like, Hey Lee, you gotta, you gotta go check out this band in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm in the middle of like studying right now for my fucking final or something. I don't even know. She's like, no, you gotta stop right now and go see these guys and tell them that we told you to go out and see them. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so I call Nick and I'm like, Nick, we gotta go see a band. And he's like, now? And I'm like, right now. I'm like, come on in here. And he's like, what? What are you? What are you talking about? He's like, who said? I'm like. And she's like, Lee. and he's like, oh, I get it. I get it. I'm coming, you know? <laughs> so he, he comes out and we go to Small's Fun House, right? And and never wakes there and, you know, get to be friends with, with all those guys and because of you guys, right? But we met you guys because we were out there, like, just meeting people. Mm-hmm. And that's my point is you just get connected with other bands that are doing shit and working really hard and it are cool bands when you 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 make the effort to go out there and get in the mix, like Sid said, and we so, met Neverwake in Virginia. Yeah, we played a show with them at some random festivaly conference thing mm-hmm. um, that we were put on in Virginia. It was like a one-off kind of thing. We played with them, and that's when we met Def Rhino. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then we met up later on with Neverwake at launch which we had to really because our drummer beats left his symbols behind and never wake picked them up. And we're like, hey, um, but yeah, it's, it's those little things that we got hooked up on conferences luckily in the beginning, but only because we decided to start playing outside of our area very quickly. Um, so we started playing Philadelphia. We got into that click and then um, we met uh, Jim Thorpe, and everyone else through like legendary Dobbs on South Street over in Philly. And they were hooked up with Dewey Beach. Um, and I think that was our first conference. Was, then, was he there? Uh, yeah, he's always there. Okay. I, I didn't, <laughs> I met him. Like, I know you're talking about. I know yeah, with like, we, the, I mean, the last time we saw him over there, I think we were all in his house, like summer house that they rent. Was that the big party we were all at? Or everybody was was playing with in the, the hotel? No, not in the hotel. Not the hotel the house. party. Remember they were throwing up in the pool? Yes. Right when... That was the house party. The hotel party was when we were throwing shit off the balconies. That was sad. Uh. That was <laughs> That's still that's uh so I have a picture of Squeeze coming out of the pool with a giant inflatable swan. And that's still his uh icon picture on the phone whenever he calls me to this day. <laughs> oh, yeah, but like instantly you learn the art of kind of like just I don't know, we were always good at just fucking around with people. So like it didn't 
we took to it very easily. We didn't have to work at it. Like some people right. are like so, social fucking idiots and they, <clears throat> it's so hard for right. them to just talk to people and be relatable or something. Right. You know, you see some of these people at these conferences, they're just like hounding people about put me on the show, put me on the show, put me on the show. I mean, what I know, man. fucking dude just wants to eat his pork, you know, his pulled pork sandwich or something. I know. You, well, you were there when, uh, that was the last launch, actually, we were both together at is when uh, Kevin Lyman was there. Mm -hmm. And Lou was standing with him in the lobby and stuff. And, and I swear to God, like, I was standing there bullshitting with you and Blackie and... I think the rest of my guys were like over on the couch area or whatever. I must've been, it must've been like 25 times. I swear to God, like somebody come up to Kevin Lyman, like was trying to hand him a disc or talk to him or, Hey man, can we get on warp tour or whatever? I'm like, Oh hey my man, God. Can, can we play the warp tour? He's probably like, yeah, sure. Fuck off. Yeah, dude. He's totally, he's, I, just, I could just like feel his energy. Like it, like this dude tried to hand him a CD. And he like looked at it. He's like, "Oh, I don't want that." He goes, they "Just, just send me an email." And I was like, "Oh man, that that dude better pray had, he didn't see his band name on that CD." They, they would have had like better luck if they handed him a beer and been like, "Cheers, I'll talk to you later." It, totally, yeah. <laughs> it's just not like you know. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I feel like those types of events are kind of like make friends, do business later. You know, like. You just got to hang out, man, and, and meet people. Be cool. You know, don't – you're not trying to, like, prove anything or sell anything there or, like, you know. But uh, I think don't be a goober. Yeah, I think a lot of musicians, though, they, they don't understand that this thing is a long game. Yeah. And, you know, like, they're yeah. trying to play the short game. Like, like there's Kevin Lyman. I'm going to bum rush him, and, and maybe I'll get on the Warp Tour, and that's going to launch my career. It's like – like no you got to it's a long game you've got to put in your time you've got to pay your dues you've got to work from the bottom up you you just got to kind of you got to earn your spot and part of earning your spot is not being a douchebag right yeah i mean the art of attra attraction right it's like if i see somebody that if, like if i saw kevin lyman or something and i was wanting to get a warp tour i would not go up to kevin lyman and ask him to be a warp tour i'd be like hanging out with him, getting to know him, maybe if there's an opportunity there. And, and at some point you got to start thinking like, Hey, you know, wh what, what is it that I, how can I make myself valuable to be on Warped Tour? Or does it even make sense with the kind of music that my band plays or like kind of stage it, like at least know a little bit about like the festival and what it's about. And like, that's true. Some people just sense. know how grand the festival is based on the name and it's, it's, yeah, like, it's gonna you know, make shame sense. of it. And if you don't make sense, why are you gonna fucking bother this guy? Yeah, because and if it if it doesn't if it doesn't make sense, then like all they all they see in their heads is like, oh, I can play in front of how many thousands of people and get fans because I yeah, know like, oh, Paramore like played War like, Tour and they're famous. Like, no, yeah, <laughs> Paramore made fucking sense to play that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Paramore has good songs, right? So it's like yeah, <laughs> the yeah, other yeah, thing is that going from. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have good songs. And you gotta, I mean, are are you are you at the stage in your career if you're in a band to play a festival like that? If not, that's okay. Maybe it's a couple of years down the road. But keep you know develop your relationships so that that opportunity is open when you get to that level. You know, and you, you, and you gotta, also don't want to look stupid because if you 
get to that level and you can't command the audience at that level, you look dumb. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you just look terrible. You should have just <laughs> yeah. stayed in the garage at that point. Yeah, and guys like Kevin Lyman, they see that shit immediately, right? <laughs> just by oh, your yeah. approach on them, they're like, well, that guy would look like a dumbass. I'm not putting him up there, you know, or that girl. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, he's going to be a silly little twat with a microphone. I don't want him on a stage. Like, yeah, that. like good bands are are pretty easy to you know you can you can take a pretty good educated guess like who's in a good band just by like hanging with them or talking to them and yeah do, get a feel for them yeah good bands have a swagger you just know you're like those guys are good for sure like i can just i'm just talking to them they're, they're a good band yeah you just you just know pretty much yeah they're they not always like, have like cool clothes and shit and yeah, just, exactly. <laughs> and there's they always just dress an, really cool and there's just an air of confidence in it like musicians that are in a good band they know they're good like they're not desperate like they know they're good and it right. just comes across you just know right away when you when you're talking to somebody there's there's just you just kind of know you know it's like that you, you can't really put your finger on it. you couldn't talk you couldn't point it out but you just go yeah those guys are probably pretty fucking good and those guys are probably not very good and you know and, and i don't you know I don't, those guys don't even mean anything to me you know he's pointing at the third band like that they don't they're invisible yeah <laughs> totally yeah. i mean dewey beach when i lost my voice for I don't even know how long, but it, it, that's how I met Blackie, right? Is is like Jeff somehow met Blackie somewhere? I don't know, but I was in the in the room like resting my voice because I talk too much. I have that disease, right? <laughs> so, so I got I got grounded. They're like, go to the room and stay there, and I'm like, oh shit! I'm in the room by myself, like resting my voice. And his door like barges open and all the shit falls off of like purses and everything. Blackie's like, Oh my god, are, are you okay? I heard you lost your voice. And I'm like, Who the fuck is this chick? You know, it's like, you know, Dewey though, all the hotel room doors are open and everything. Yeah. Like <laughs> like it's like a big, you know, I don't even know. But um but anyway, Jeff comes in, I met her, but but I could totally tell, like she's like, Oh yeah, I sing in a band and blah blah blah. She's like, Tell me, I'm like I was like, this chick's probably pretty good <laughs> just because she just really just didn't, she had a thing about her. Right. And then I, I come and see like midnight Bob and I'm like, Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like I can tell like Carly, you know, squeeze and fucking Chris and black. I can tell they're like all in a band together. <laughs> Plus your amps are spray painted with your names on them in the same colors, but <laughs> regardless, <laughs> coordination um, yeah totally but i could totally tell it was just like a a look thing right and i was like that's midnight mob that that's that's cool you know but a lot of bands don't have like the, the you know that doesn't glue together you know you can't like pick out people and stuff and, but you can tell the cool bands is the point like you just tell who's who you're gonna get along with who's who the cool ones and who are the ones that are just gonna call you when they need something and like you know that kind of and thing. the ones that are just going to talk shit because they can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always those guys, or start trouble, or what you know, like just gossip. And but um, God, man, there's there's a lot of bands that do talk shit. Actually, yeah, they're so silly. Like, don't they know it's a waste of their time? Like, because no one's taking them seriously. Right, yeah, and, it doesn't affect anyone else, but like they're wasting their own time. Yeah, and, and right. what are they hoping to? What are they hoping to accomplish? They're going to talk shit. They're going to talk shit their way into success. 
like it's just there's a zero point in it like they could be writing songs it could be a, you know they could be practicing they could be doing gigs but they're instead of they're just talking smack they're just doing nothing <laughs> they're just so bitter you know yeah. right. like but the worst is like when they just they take it as far as ranting on social media for like long ass posts and shit like that. Right. And you're like, really, this is how you're spending your time because you didn't get to play a certain show or like you didn't get picked for something that someone else got picked for. And you're going to just fucking rant on like a a social media about it. Right. That's, that's going to make it better. And all you're saying to all the cool people and the cool bands is, Hey, don't ever deal with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah really. basically, you're putting an X on your back. Like, if you see this, just fucking kick it. And yeah, let me go. Yeah, totally. It's like, dude, you think? Do you think all the all the cool bands and all the cool people never got told no? <laughs> you get told no all the time. You get turned down all the time. You, the time. you just gotta walk away and deal with it. Yeah, you just you just say fuck it. Well, I just gotta find something else. I mean, you just keep going. You know, like. Yeah. What do you? What else are you going to do? I mean, you, you, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, it, it's going to be no, man. That, that's that's welcome to the fucking life. I mean, that's just how it is. You know, it's just it's brutal. But you just got to look reality. at it. Yeah, it's just so many bands and so many artists are going for the same thing. Not everyone's going to get picked. It's just impossible. Right, and you have to also understand too. Like sometimes, whatever the context of that is whatever it's for whether it's for a radio station thing or if it's for a conference whatever it is a gig festival like i mean it doesn't make you a bad band either if you know your band's good you know it's it it just might not have fit or made sense with going back to our conversation earlier what was going on maybe that's the case you know, you don't have to go rant on. So you don't know what the reasons are. So you don't go no, you open should, your mouth if, about it. You know, if you're smart, you should take it as whoever was chosen is better than me, and I need to be better than them. Yeah, exactly. And do that's what, how you should take it. Not go mm-hmm. on Facebook and take a shit on someone's homepage. Or who had it? What is their contact? Like, what is the better contact then? Maybe that mm-hmm. band is kind of shitty, and they they shouldn't deserve it, but. They're speaking to somebody that got them on that thing. And so and you just do that? what we all do, right? Is what we do is instead of getting mad at them and getting mad at the situation, we go make friends with them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, I saw you're a winner and I'd like to be a winner too. Can we be friends? <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Let's do a show together. <laughs> yeah. And then you blow them out of the fucking water. Yeah. And that's where 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 you gotta back up your shit. You know, like you gotta you got to be the better band, so you better be good, right? That's your opportunity to. And if they're cool, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna fucking love that, you know. When when you come with sass and and you're smoking, you know, and you're you're fucking just you know you're rocking, and they're gonna be like, oh man, this band rocks. We need to do more shows, you know. Like if that's a cool band, that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, that's that's just a that's a connection you just made instead of an enemy by complaining on social media. Yeah, (laughs) instead of paying a target on your back. Yeah, (laughs) you just made like some cool friends, and you can do shows and bigger shows with them and all that shit. Yeah, I can't like tell you how it's probably the same situation you guys see, but those artists that I see doing that, it's like it, it it even scares you from working with them. It scares people off from wanting to do. Or, you know, oh, yeah. some things that it might be 
opportunity, right? So it might be an opportunity to work with them down the line and, and it scares you away from even considering that because you don't, you don't want to be tied to their shitty attitude exactly. basically. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to be the, you also don't want to be the victim of it down the road. Like when you slightly cross them for some reason that you had no idea that you were, you know, like you had some other opportunity that didn't come their way. Now all of a sudden they're, you know, now, now, now the knife's in your back. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Like when I'm working with younger bands, if, 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 if I just hear a litany of complaints coming out of a band and like those guys are assholes and fuck those guys. And like, I'm just thinking, wow, I mean, <laughs> that's, that will probably at some point be aimed back at me. If I decide to work with these guys at some point, something's going to happen and I'm going to be, I'm going to be the guy they're talking shit about. And you know, I, and I'd just rather just have that not be part oh, yeah. of my life. Anything goes wrong. And then all of a sudden you're the asshole. Yeah, I'm going to be the guy. Yeah. So I, I I pretty much run for the hills, you know, when when that kind of like energy comes in the room. Like, yeah, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Those people. And they don't even know what they their experience is that they they just lost an opportunity to do something. They don't even know that they lost the opportunity because I'm not going to sit there and look at them and go, okay, guys, you guys talked a lot of smack. Well, probably not a good fit. I don't really don't like to work with people who talk a lot of smack. I'm not going to say that. I'm just not going to work with them. And they're running around all over the world just dishing up that bullshit attitude and all over the place people are saying, yeah, I don't really want to work with those guys. And no one's telling them that. They're just getting no opportunities. And just and their their slog is ten times harder. And yep. they're the ones who made yeah. the slog hard themselves. They make it worse too because yeah. The, yeah. people and don't want to work for them and all of a sudden they, they start talking more shit. Yeah. They make it worse. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like a cycle of delusion. And then they just don't understand why why nobody wants to work with them. And it's like <laughs> it's like, dude, like, you know. It, it's it's it like you really... set all this shit on fire. Nobody wants to work with you. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it comes to other from band to band, right? It's like bands are like, like a they're like an army. They're like Marines or something, right? It's like you're all like slogging it out. So you respect like when you see other hardworking bands, you don't get mad at them or jealous. Like you're like, well, shit, man, these guys are doing something really good. We should do that too, or we should take a page out of their book. Like we said, you make friends with them and stuff. You're kind of all on the same team. But if you're gonna be out there talking shit, I mean. There's just no time to deal with that. I mean, you're just too busy. Being in a band is fucking busy. You got other shit to do. You know, so like you said earlier, was it, didn't you say earlier, Carly, they're like spending all that time like on social media and, and talking shit and like no time like playing or something? Or no yeah, and songs. it's like, yeah. <laughs> you, like what is sending out a shitty tweet or a Facebook rant? accomplish right as far as your goal of being a famous musician or whatever your goal is to do music wise facebook is not gonna make you famous unless you say something outlandish and then you're like a villain on tv all of a sudden but right that's not really the kind of fame you were chasing to begin with right or maybe it was who knows what the fuck you were doing right either you got to write the greatest song in the world 
or you got to write a fairly good song and you have to die. That's the only two ways to become famous. <laughs> <laughs> but even before that death part, you have to have already written a really good song that people care about. Right. I mean, it really yeah, you is. Can't write straight, you can't write shitty music and then die because then nobody gives a flying fuck. Yeah. It has to if predict really... your death, too. <laughs> yeah. So people can look into it and, like, you know, check all the horoscopes, line everything up and the dots and everything. And yeah. Idolize you as a martyr. Right. Yeah, I know for us, it was very much a, um, you know, people tell us, oh, you're really, you guys are really good, you know, um, try this, try that. And we would just try it. Right. You know, who half these fucking people were, they were just your mailman or they actually played an instrument, but they, <laughs> you listen to everything and you just try it. And, uh, you know, you're never above anything. And then when you see, um, other bands with like a better merch setup than you, you know, and you're like, That's oh a big man, one. yeah, like fuck, we gotta do that. We gotta do something like that. Okay, cool. Let's find out how they did it, you know. And then you you just ask questions and you toss talk to people, or you see a band with a better show, like a state, like a, something they did in their show. You're like, oh man, that'd be really cool if we implemented that in our thing, and and all that kind of stuff. And then before you know it, man, like. You're, you you put you take the greatest hits of everybody else around you and then you, you improve on that and then before you know it you have like a really baller setup kind of going on you have people asking you questions on how you did this and like oh that was cool i saw you do that and now we try to do it in our band at one point we had bands trying to dress like us and shit like and um <laughs> all sorts of crazy right. stuff we we had we did a set where the whole other band that we were playing with that was opening for us they all wore our shirts the different version you know and then after a while you just kind of have you have that respect and then you have and then at these conferences you know then all of a sudden you were there once learning and just being new and the person kind of just kind of figuring out and then all of a sudden you're being asked to talk on panels and right. other artists asking you questions about things all the time wherever you go and whatever you're doing you almost become like an authority you know and what all you did the whole time was just you were just perfecting what you did you right. know you, like like and for us it was putting miles and hours and hours and more miles and more hours and not thinking about money per se it was just like we we got to do this 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 and we're gonna do it and we like to do it and it's great and what do we get out of this and for us we reaped a lot of benefits financially and with a lot of um you know things we ended up doing like big being on gigantic stages and with big bands and working with big companies and all sorts of crazy shit and we were just a band out of like suburban mass you know massapequa new york like long island and uh we came out of a garage and we did it little by little one person at a time and just right. kind of just without thought no thought it was it was just like all right we're gonna go buy a van and our first out-of-state show is gonna be in north carolina you know like there was no thought to it. No, like, oh, what if this happens or that happens? And what if we don't have money? And it's like, well, we have a credit card at least, so we could just like max it out or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> out, yeah, know? it's like a backup plan. It's like, don't think too hard. Worst case scenario, someone is going broke in this band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll figure that out when the time comes. But like, as of now, we're good. Right. Yeah. I, I remember an interview we did, and they said, like, one of the questions, I think it was Philadelphia. I want to say it was like gas radio or something like that. And they were like, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? And I'd say, well, I, I tell people, I was like, you got to be a fucking pirate, man. You just go out, get in your boat, 
you know, travel West and hope for the best. You don't, you know, your chances of survival or anything is like less than a percent. Uh, just, but you got to take on those chances. Otherwise you never do it. Cause right. someone else is going to take on those chances, you know? Um, right. And um, you know, when it's like coming to talk to people at shows and things like that, like you could talk to nobody well, then you'll have a 0% chance of getting anything. Or you could talk to like one or two people and have an option of possibly getting someone interested in your band or someone that could point you in the right di direction to some. It, it sucks for new bands right now because of COVID and touring and, and taking all that face-to-face -face away from everybody. And just like, mm -hmm. what the fuck do you do in this situation? It's all in person shit. Yes, right. especially for rock bands. Like rock bands, it, that's a that's a face to face thing. Like it really like to build a live, a, a, like a a legit live touring career. You've got to be on the ground. You've got to be playing gigs, and you've got to be interacting with your fans, and you've got to be interacting with other bands. You have to be you have to be doing it. You can't you can't social media your way into that like you you just have to be on the ground and, and i agree with you i feel bad bad for all the bands that were just about ready like you know maybe they had just gotten signed and they're getting ready to do their first tour and then just boom shut down like oh what a fucking drag yeah i mean i i think though that if you're a musician a, a an artist at heart right it's like what would we all do if we were to start out? We, I would just go write songs. And I feel yeah. like a lot of bands didn't do that. And I'm like, dude, if I had like, a, a, clearly I had a, like a brain surgery and everything else. But like, I mean, like how did that, none of all of this, that shit happen? It's just like COVID for me. What I'd have just been buckling down, just writing a shit ton of fucking songs with my band. And like, just just having a huge catalog i mean like holy shit you mean to tell me like you have because the only thing you can do is look on the bright side even though that's a terrible thing you know you get shut down and but what are you going to do i mean it, it is what it is so you do the thing that that you love doing anyway so which is you just get together you slosh it out you write some kick-ass songs and you know, someday when things get a little better, you fucking release some tunes. You, you should have like fifty tunes by now, right? <laughs> yeah, you should have an arsenal of music to just unleash on people. Yeah, but I think a lot of bands, like I noticed with you know some of the younger bands that we've met, they're like almost handicapped because of social media because they lose that face to face and they don't know how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. And it's it's weird because uh, even a lot of my coworkers are younger. And they're all very socially awkward, like, like a lot of them. And I'm like, that's weird, because I remember being awkward in high school and shit, but I was like, maybe it's because I was stupid. But I don't know. Like, <laughs> these kids are super smart. They're so intelligent, but like they don't know how to talk to people. Right. It's insane. That happens now with music. It's like the worst thing for you is like you have to be able to talk to people, and you that's the one thing you can't do. Yeah, it's, you got to perform insane. in front of people too, man. I mean, like, what the – you have to really go up there and not give a fuck, man. Like you gotta like, gotta be good. They're like timid now. They they mm -hmm. like became these like, just like uh, so, like super aware of themselves in a way that they're uncomfortable with themselves. Right. Giant weird. pussies. Right. Yeah, they're not sea pussies. They're giant pussies. They're huge. <laughs> yeah, they hesitate. You know, they they think too much. There's like, 
there's too much thought involved with shit and other distractions rather than like just they don't know to shake your them. hand or high five you or hug you like even just greeting some of these people is like just just say hi the fuck yeah what, a, what is this i mean you just uh again like i i feel like it's it's like a it's a weird thing to me because i'm still putting the i'm connecting the dots in my head still maybe that's like kind of impossible i don't know but but it's just such a big difference even from 10 years ago to now for bands you know a decade has gone by of course so there's a whole new row of bands that are like out of high school out of junior high that are in college now that are starting bands and playing but it really is a lot different than what um i i have known or i mean when, when even in 2008 when i was on the label it was like we were always on our feet, man. It was like we were driving, like you said. We we get on to freaking Alabama or something like that if that's what we had to do to go to a show just to meet up with this band that wanted us to do two more shows after that show. But we would go see their show, you know, because we might meet the other band that's playing with them, you know. Like, <laughs> so it's it's like you just had to do those things, and like th- they just really don't leave their houses anymore no because they could send an email to that one band in alabama and never leave their fucking couch yeah which is which is absolutely ridiculous in my mind what the fuck is that gonna do you don't get the vibe with them you don't get to hang out with them how do you you, No. and if you get that email as the other person you're like what the fuck i don't want to talk to you i don't fucking know you right and it's a human (laughs) thing and the whole conversation just ends it's it's a human thing like you know socializing is like good you know, it's healthy. It gets you excited. It gives you energy, gives you motivation. You know, you have to like do that, especially if you're in a band, man. I mean, like it's a difference between somebody going, Hey, yeah, those, those guys from so-and-so band came down, man, those guys are cool as fuck. And this is a story that happened while they were down here. And it's like, Oh, I got to meet these guys. That's the, it's the difference between that. And Oh yeah, I got an email from that band. Oh, so-and-so blah 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 they said they want to do show oh that's cool man (laughs) it's like it's it's all the difference in the world because you need to make stories the stories is what makes a band cool that's part of it you know like it's it's having all the stories behind it and all the things that mean something and and plus i'm a i'm a strong believer in socializing and hanging out It, it kind of brings out more of the writing in a band because if you're just sitting around, what the fuck are you going to write about staring at your wall? Yeah, write about. Like, I don't know how many like, songs you can girl, get. You have no that. experiences to write about that people can relate to. Like, what what are you gonna what are you gonna write about? You know, so you need to go get those experiences. If I get stuck on writing lyrics or something, like, you know, we were trying to write a record, our last record in, in Pittsburgh, and. I finally like lost my mind. Like literally I was like, I was like, guys, we got to leave. Let's, let's get the fuck out of here. Like I, I got to go to, let's go to Rob's. Let's go to Jersey. Let's go. Like, you know, we, we had to go do things. And, and then all of a sudden the lyrics and everything was like getting done. Songs were getting done. So songs were getting written in three hours <laughs> on the fly in the studio or something. Like things were just getting done because you just felt good. You know, like musicians. It gets you out of your own headspace too, a little bit. Sometimes right. you need to see beyond bubble. Yeah, because to me, like being a real, like especially in a rock band, it's all about the struggle. If you ain't struggling, 
you got nothing to say. <laughs> and if you're saying anything, no one wants to hear it because they're struggling. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, you really just need to, to you, and there's something about it. I don't know. I, I was talking to my other buddy about this the other day. And it's like, there's something about, it's like a sick disease we all have to, to it's like when we struggle, we actually want to struggle. It's a love and hate thing. It's like you want to struggle a little bit so that you can, you can feel good. <laughs> it's like a symbiotic fucked up relationship. Yeah. Like you, like you almost, because all the good shit that you love to do happens when you're struggling. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, but that stuff doesn't happen sitting in your basement or your dorm room or whatever. I don't, you know, but, um, so yeah, I think it's, uh, that, that is a thing that I, I agree with you. Like it's, there's lots of young musicians that are, coming up they they just they don't they don't know I, I, somebody asked me the other day like hey i mean we're getting these songs done and i mean what what should, should we just go book shows or i'm like yeah i mean book book a couple shows like make your mistakes man uh, yeah, yeah the, make we, your mistakes now get... before you're famous because yeah. you don't want to fuck up when everyone's watching <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally yeah just like it's like get better man like well, you know go book shows fuck up like you know make your mistakes uh, uh you can't move up to level two or level three or level four what you can't do that without fucking learning you got to learn like everybody else again starting into mailroom you know play in front yeah. of four people yeah you're fucking... not you're not gonna go from your bedroom to you know to play in you know madison square garden like there's a, there's a handful of steps in between there yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's no playing... cheat codes, you know. You're not just gonna go like, right. whoop, to the top. Like you, you, you can you can sit in your basement and play rock band, or you can go play in front of four people and you can rock those fucking four people. Okay, that's a start. You know, if you got four people in the audience, fucking cool, man. Give it to them. Yeah, like you should learn from those four people. Those four yeah. people, you feed off of their reaction. Did they like it? Good. Did they not? Why not? Fucking fix it. Yeah, like this, you know, get a little. I get it. Believe me, I mean, we all been there. There's a little bummed because there's like ten people at your show, and you're like dog. You feel like you're dogging it, but and and I say all the time, like, did did you ever think like, you, you know, you keep saying that for a year now you've been playing in front of ten people, but what have you changed? Mm -hmm. You know, like what is it that that keeps causing this? Did you ever stop for a second and think, well, if I don't want to be playing in front of 10 people anymore, which isn't necessarily a bad thing at first, but you does need to grow. So like, what is it that you can do to not play in front of 10 people? You know, it's like, they just don't stop for a second. It's like, for some odd reason, a lot of bands have this urge to, Oh God, no one's paying attention to us. And we're in the middle of recording right now. And, and we just have to go play a show like right now, like in the middle of doing a, a recording or a record or whatever. And then they, you know, random acts of improvement, they bounce out of recording mode and then they got to go play a show in front of 10 people again. It's like, no one really knows your band, man. Like maybe you yeah, unless you were going to go test done. the new material, like, yeah. <laughs> why, why would you do that? Yeah. Just focus on getting a good solid fucking record done. Come up with a game plan, go out there, you know, do some things a little bit different. Try that out, like Squeeze said. And if that doesn't work, then you come back to the drawing table. You say, okay, like, you know, let's watch some videos, start recording ourselves or whatever, whatever it's going to take. But it's it's no, no different than, like, building a business, right? It's like you you just 
try to get your flaws, get feedback, get, you know, whether that's from yourselves or you're measuring data or whatever it is, like you make adjustments, you tweak it, you know? So it's, it's, I feel like it's not rocket science, but again, with all the social media and all the people on social media, having advertisements on how to get like a hundred thousand fans in a week and all this other shit, like, people bite on that shit pretty hard and oh yeah everyone clicks on that shit just it's like man quick thing i hate to break it to you but it is what it is there's no cutting corners (laughs) no definitely not i remember two occasions one standing um we opened up for skillet at summerfest and Mm -hmm. um so we were on stage with them while they were doing their set and I remember just sitting there and I'm seeing this whole gigantic show with hydraulics. They're in front of like 8,000 people or some shit like that. And we were on before them. And at another occasion, we um, we were parked next to uh, Three Doors Down because we opened up for them. And they were cool dudes just hanging out next to us. We had our 15-passenger van. They had a massive coach bus. <laughs> we, were, we were parked right next to them. It looked like so silly. Like we were like a Prius basically looking like next to their rig. And I remember thinking to myself, man, all those experiences right. outside, you know, n- not even social media based at all. Actually, <laughs> they were like, like mi- minimal amount. Like, right. if, if there's a pie chart of shit we did, less than one percent was probably social media. You know, ninety nine percent. And when we had to do social was, media, we directly dredged it. Yeah, it was like gas mile. You know, gas money shows and and talking and late nights with people to get to where we were going a billion times for years and years and years. And um, it sucks to see these bands just really trying, digging hard and trying to do analytics on like Instagram or like wherever the fuck they're doing it. And I'm like, oh I my know. God, yeah. what are you yeah, doing? And all, yeah. And all the while they're not writing any songs. No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, write dude, songs. You, look at you got it. You got I mean, it really like, you could have a you could get a hundred thousand followers next week, but if you don't have any good songs, it just doesn't matter. Like nope. th- you live and die by music, by songs. We're all musicians, and, and if you don't have songs, social media, social media, it doesn't matter. There's no legs, you know. Even 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 if you play a great live show, that show comes and goes in someone's mind, but then they take a CD home. And that's the songs. That's the thing they take with them for the rest of their life. And they can play it over and over forever. Or they buy vinyl. That's in, in, It's the songs that are living on that thing that's going to carry carry their interest in your band till the next time you play again. But it, it's songs, 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 songs. It's about the songs. And so many bands, just don't even, they don't even think like, Oh yeah, we'll 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 write some songs, but we need to get our socials in place. Like, yeah. no, you've got it totally backwards. Yeah, I mean, not only that. To add to that, I mean, songs they make people make them theirs. That could make you know, songs motivate people to do things. Maybe that maybe that song will be remembered. You might write a song that will be remembered and attached to somebody forever because they got the balls to propose that her wife or something you know and they'll tell that story whatever it is like you know or or get away get out of a bag like drug habit or something like whatever it is like people will make your songs theirs you know they'll they'll make your song their song and it's that's the thing that really makes the difference you know so with that it's like 
it doesn't matter what you have. It's useless <laughs> because your sure. product is the songs at the end of the day. So, you know, I, I don't, it, it kind of shit out of luck without them, you know, and, and it is, it, it is like Sid said, like, there's just like people don't release because their social media is not up or this is not, it's like, you know, not that you should rush out and release material, but you know, don't put the cart before the horse, man. Like, you know, it also looks silly if you have no music out and a hundred thousand people following you. It's like, what are they following? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, yeah, it, and- it looks so fake. Like those aren't real people, and like you're gonna put out one song, and a hundred thousand people are gonna listen to it. No, they're not because they're not real. <laughs> like, right. You, or, they're or bots. You, yeah. Or you go to like you know maybe you 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 see some band maybe you know like they they pop up you know like they've got five hundred thousand followers on Instagram or something. You go to their Spotify and it's like have like thirty two streams a month, and you're like, what's yeah, not like, adding what, up here? Like, <laughs> right. why wouldn't you? you that makes no fucking sense yeah right i mean yeah they get caught up and you're right they do get caught up in the analytics of everything and it's funny because i was telling sid earlier i was like yeah for some other reason i get started on this conversation but the, for the social media you guys did do is 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 actually really really cool and vibey because you could totally tell that you guys were like you're just miserable doing like a video or something or interview <laughs> or something. You're like, Oh, good God, man. This is like, this fucking sucks. I just want to go play and, or write some tunes or just go to the next gig. And, like, and, and it's, but it's kind of cool because that's to me, what bands feel like most bands and musicians that are, that are good are not like, uh, you know, filming a music video and doing all that stuff just sucks. I mean, it's like such a drag. I mean, you do it because you have to, at some point but like you know music first obviously but you know when you put your music first and then you got to do all of that or shit you're like oh good god man someone fucking shoot me like i gotta go stand in front of a camera why can't i just go play a show can you film the show instead or like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's like film the show use the show as promo for the next show like in case you yeah. missed here's the yeah. wrap up like it's like oh band photos oh great you know like <laughs> uh, i gotta be attractive on camera for five minutes oh. yeah it's like you know you just you just not shit that you want to do you know it's you know it's not uh it's not natural but if you put a guitar in my hand or a bass in your hand or drumsticks and you know you know sid's hand or whatever like it's like oh okay i feel normal now now i get a drum yeah. in front of me or a microphone or something like like now you can turn on your cameras <laughs> but it's you know, like here's your instrument go make some noise and then pictures yeah. can follow <laughs> yeah so it's it's uh but i i, I kind of I, I can't help chuckling like a little bit when i see some of these like videos it just totally looks like like the band's getting interviewed or something that barely anybody knows about and they're like their interviews like so like well thought out it's like <laughs> It's like, oh yeah. So I mean, when we started, we had they have this big like Foo Fighter story behind them, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They have the big, the big like graphic novel like backstory. Yeah. How when they were in second grade, they picked up the triangle and they knew yeah. this was their life. <laughs> yeah, I, like, then, I bet I bet that's the case, Scott. Absolutely, keep talking about that shit. Yeah, and <laughs> and that that particular interview is coming after they you know after they just played for twenty five people. Right. Yeah, and it's mostly their aunts and uncles and like two cousins yeah, yeah. 
Oh man, you, you know now that you said that, somebody named Scott's gonna listen to this, right? <laughs> See, yeah, some guy named Scott's gonna be like, "Well, fuck you guys." Yeah, or you can be like, "Oh my god, they're talking about me." Yeah, yeah. That and that same person will have actually started on Triangle. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, they're just talking shit now. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah. I think. Uh, I think I'm gonna. But um, yeah. This this is awesome, man. I like this podcast thing you got going on. Though. You have a lot of good stuff on there, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, stuff. it's uh, little by little we're putting it, you know, more and more together. You know, like, again, we spoke to um, this dude. His name is Beatman. He's from Switzerland. He runs mm-hmm. a pop punk rock label, Voodoo Rhythm Records, um, over there. And his whole thing, he was kind of just spawned in the same way, man. He just, in the early early 90s, he was like, nobody's putting out my music, so I'm going to take it upon myself to put out my music and everyone else's music because i want everyone to hear our music so i'm gonna go do that i'm gonna start this label and just make it work somehow and he's been doing it since and he's he's, you know he's doing really well at it Um, that's cool man yeah and then i I gotta go listen to that i'd love to uh the music's awesome like yeah it's really cool the bands on his label are so fucking cool like it's it's basically like if you went to like a really like edgy coffee shop you know bookstore in like brooklyn or something like that or lower east side and you had this like super super cool music going on in the background you know from the you know the dude working there he put it on and only he knows these bands you know like right. <laughs> you know it's like how do you know these fucking bands are really good like why do you only know them it's kind of like that type of music like if you if you're into like surf rock creature of the black lagoon meets like house of a thousand corpses and like a fucked up elvis or something like that <laughs> you know it's yeah. like it's like that vibe it's like this vintage beach party death vibe thing happening and they do they do it really really well um he's just a cool dude he's he's toured all over the world doing he does a one-man show as well as like a band that he tours around with um and then we have like um, our buddy Nick Lee, who's in the band Moontooth. They're playing tonight at Gramercy Theater, actually. But um, oh, shit. He, yeah, he was supposed to be doing. Um, we were supposed to get on the phone with him last week, uh, but we're going to be doing it probably in like January. So we're just going to hooking up with more and more artists and stuff that are doing things and that are being successful at it. And I just want them to say like, well, what made you successful? Like, what can you? What's your education that you could impart on people trying to do things or at least give someone a different idea or perspective that they never thought to think of them themselves. Um, because that's what these conferences were for us. I mean, it was just a way of meeting all these different people and some were better than you, some were worse than you, but you could learn something from everyone sure. I mean, on any given day. And some were labeled people too, you know, and same thing with those guys. Some were really cool and some were super douchey. But you can learn something from all of them. Sure, whether it's what to do or what not to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like I was like, you know what? Let me put it together like a platform. And so little by little, I've been finding more and more time to kind of get it together and stuff like that. So Right. And it's funny because it's really easy for us to get on a phone call and talk to someone for like hours. And, right. And like with, with – so like with this call in particular, with Anchor – on a phone call, we're limited to two hours and we're almost, we're at, we're five minutes left to two hours. So we're almost at the two hour mark. 
but um we did a phone call we did an in-person if people are in the area and they come locally to where we are we set up the mics and stuff and that and we get unlimited time the funny thing with unlimited time is that man we almost we did fucking four hours with someone the other day you know so like it's just so easy to talk it's like four episodes just, yeah it's fucking crazy you don't plan on it like there's no real let's write down and script things out and right whatever it's just i want to mimic what it's like for bands that network with each other in a way you know and people just right. that when you talk and three hours later you're still talking to the same fucking guy about all sorts of shit um right and this is how you talk to him yeah <laughs> this yeah. is it you know there's no like yeah. fucking rule or certain dictionary you should be using it's just you're a human being that plays music and you either want to learn and people will dig that you know and people want to help um, and people are passionate about the music that they do and some have, are really confident and some are not and some are learning and everyone's on a different playing field. But um, I think it's, I think it'd be just cool, especially during COVID time where people can't get out and can't talk to people and they at least could get something like this. You know, right. Where it's just an audio based thing while they're, you know, jerking off at work, they could fucking, you know, throw this on their iPods or something like that. Right. Yeah. Did they have you talked to Lou lately you should have him on your yeah podcast. I had he if you go to the website vansixstudios.com he was actually like maybe the second episode and um, we talked and things like that and yeah no I've talked to him but I want to do another yeah, like yeah. a new episode oh. with him and other people too you know they're just doing their thing um we have like uh it's funny carly brought up this this um dude his name is john alonzo and he does piercings um mm -hmm. so he he's pierced um both of us you know over the years and stuff and he was the door guy at a venue that we always played and that venue was like fucking that was like the mecca of the midnight mob circus was like this venue and it was like the the ridiculousness of are probably the most drunken ridiculous phase of ourselves uh <laughs> through this venue and all our connections we've made through it and everything and friends we still have to this day because of it he was the door guy and so he was like our first one of our first door dudes that we became buddies with and, all that. and we were like he's you know, in the he's in the old <laughs> yeah so he's like one of those days like you know we should get him on the phone and fucking do a, an episode with him about the, the the door guy perspective, you know, like like right. what is he thinking about all these bands and like like you know <laughs> like they come in because he sees total asshole bands and totally cool bands. Um, and he's piss off the door guy ever. <laughs> right. So sure, it's good for the young bands to understand how to not to piss yeah. off the door guy. You sure? <laughs> Yeah, plus, when you're in good with the door guy, then every other night that you want to go down to that club, you don't have to pay cover because the door guy is just going to let you in. Yeah. And then yeah. you get to promote yeah. your band and network. I mean, like, it's little things like that that really do matter. Mm -hmm. It's like, and you know, drink for free, too. You drink, yeah, you make friends with the bartender, yeah. they hook mm -hmm. you up with drinks. And it's like, that, you're just being cool. Uh, that's all they you're let you play bartender even they're like yeah fuck it serve yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah, then you find yourself behind the bar too yeah you even get tips <laughs> <laughs> no uh, yeah if you talk to lou tell him i said hi i uh we'll do i haven't talked to him in a while 
it's been been a long time but I, I reached out to him a while ago but i don't think he gets on his uh instagram or facebook as often he's on instagram every goddamn day or maybe his facebook <laughs> messenger maybe he doesn't have facebook messenger yeah. anymore i know a lot of people deleted that shit so but well, uh, yeah, yeah was... hey, let us know you want to come out man and uh keep in touch and keep kicking ass man i'm loving the material you guys are doing cool yeah definitely um yeah, thanks for getting on the phone and just talking nice to meet you sid and everything and yeah right on likewise yeah. i appreciate it yeah. and we'll definitely be uh talking to you guys more in the future for sure cool, cool. man well, i'll Take see care. you guys later oh yeah talk. all right cool sounds good guys uh-huh, later peace out. All right, peace out later <laughs>